So it seems like there's two kinds of people in the world. Those who Instagram live every second of their quarantine routine and those who start a podcast. I'll let you guess what category I fall into. Anchor.fm makes it incredibly easy with tools and guides and a direct connection to every distribution channel, which means your podcast can instantly be available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever your audience listens. Finding sponsors for your content can be a pain, but with Anchor's built-in monetization, connecting with a sponsor that fits your podcast has never been easier. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey there, friends, and welcome to the show. Uh, Today we are going to be visiting an episode that I got to record a few weeks ago uh, with my friend Brandon Burr, who is the director of education and sustainability at Crimson Cup Coffee. Uh, We have a very amazing, wide-ranging conversation talking about all things coffee, empathy, and just kind of like figuring out how to navigate these changing times uh, in the world of cafe and service and just being kind to one another as humans. Uh, So please enjoy this amazing episode with the one and only Brandon Burr. maybe everyone went and did a like a really rash like i think everyone made a rash decision like everyone jumped jumped on the boat like someone decided one day like woke up one business leader said oh i'm going to i'm going to go ahead and just i'm going to furlough all of my employees because that's what makes sense to me and then like yeah he had a friend and his friend is like oh shoot i should i should furlough my people too And then like, it just like snowballed into this, like every business just made this like really rash decision just to furlough everyone. And it's like, I, I I think that that hurts, that hurts morale of your people. And I think that like, you see these examples of these business owners that are like doing everything, like selling the shirts off their backs, like, you know, using their kids college, college funds to keep their people employed. And I know that's, that that's kind of realistic with like larger or with smaller businesses maybe, but like, it's just, it's, it's hard, man. I mean, think it's, it's hard to be empathetic to a business owner when you're not a business owner. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I think everyone jumps to the stick it to the man or you're the man. So it's gotta be the wrong decision. But at the same time, like we're, I think, understanding that we're all humans and we make really poor decisions sometimes, um, is, is a good way to look at pretty much every decision. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, That's kind of fascinating. I, that's something I've been thinking about a lot because I know whenever all this started, um, there was kind of like the controversy going back and forth, like, should cafes stay open? Should they close? Like, what is this going to look like? And because there was like, kind of this like gradual wave of everyone closing the like remaining people that were open just kept getting slammed with more and more people as there were less and less options. Yeah. And so now it's like, you know, now that we have all the like shelter in place orders and all that stuff, it's like trying to balance like 
what does it look like continuing to like serve and foster this community um, around coffee? Um, well, I mean, the implications are are deep. So, like, I I was I've been talking to Joe Cap a lot about like you know, what, what does this mean for the coffee community? And what does this mean for like coffee producers? Cause honestly, like we, I empathize with cafe owners and baristas and, but like we live in the United States, like the only, the only way you're going to die is of like something bad medical or like, you're not going to starve to death typically. Cause like there's going to be someone to support you. Like whether it be the government that sends you a check of, you know, for however much money or something, something else like that, you know, so there's going to be, there's going to be a food banker, there's going to be something to help where, whereas like, if you go to, I don't know, like go to Uganda or go to Ethiopia or go to, you know, Tanzania or Kenya or like, I mean, some of the, some of the broadcasts, like in the slums of, of, uh, Kenya, like it's heartbreaking because these people, they, they don't get the support from their government. They don't have that, you know, they, they don't have that opportunity or that privilege to get, uh, support from, or food or whatever it may be from the government. So like, I think about all the, the implications, like on that side of the, of the, the pond, I guess, like thinking about the coffee producers and how they're not going to be able to sell their product because we're not, you know, we're not selling as much. So that just puts them in a really awful spot. That's kind of wild. That's, I mean, that's something I've been trying to think about is like kind of more the transparency between like us serving coffee over here and the farmers over there. But when it's not kind of in the forefront of your mind, you kind of forget about it. Um, so before we get too far yeah. down the rabbit hole, it, it's, um, uh, just a, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Just to like introduce you, um, for anyone that's listening, uh, I am talking with Brandon Burr today. Uh, should we say formerly of Crimson Cup or no, I'd like say just kind of on break? So yeah, just, just hanging out. Temporarily. <laughs> Temporary. Uh, he is a... Gosh, I feel like I should know your official title. I, I just am, know you I as a the, Q instructor. I am a uh, I am the director of education and sustainability, but the owner of uh, Crimson Cup identifies me as um, the guy that he's the coffee guy. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah. I think you're probably one of the trying to figure out how to say this in like a nice way that's not like over the top uh (laughs) probably one of the most knowledgeable coffee people i've ever met awesome and i think that you also like make it very personal um and all of the educational stuff that's like something i've been like super into um for the past like couple years just kind of i call it the democratization of like coffee making Um, because a lot of people rely on cafes and we're starting to see as like everyone's supposed to be home right now, all of a sudden everyone's like, wait, now we have to like get this education out there. Um, yeah. What's something, what's something you've noticed in this like changing time in terms of like, you know, coffee is a very hands-on thing. 
how what, are you like adapting to like educate people through this time? Well, I, so I've done a, I've done a couple things. So one thing for sure, like, so I write curriculum for the specialty coffee association and awesome. I'm a, I'm a course contributor for the, the sensory modules. So just the tasting of coffee. And so I work with a group of, I don't know, I think there's like six of us, five of us, six of us, uh, um, anywhere from, uh, Eduardo who, you know, runs the Nescafe lab to, uh, Ian from Topeka coffee to Drew Billups, a uh, Q instructor over at Atlas coffee. Um, so a really solid group of people, but the SEA has seen such a, a change over the last few weeks that now I'm also contributing to the roasting module. Um, which is really cool, a really cool opportunity for me because that pushes me to, to continue to learn. And that's, that's what teaching is about for me is, is not just letting, allowing someone else to learn, but allowing myself and pushing myself to make sure that I have a really deep understanding of what I'm talking about, which I think in the coffee industry is a little bit of a rarity. And that's what I'm seeing right now, like on the internet and everyone's an expert and it's like, did you watch these, <laughs> yes. you watch these videos? And like, I mean, my family is like, Brandon, why don't you publish some videos about how to brew coffee or, you know, I am fortunate enough to have an espresso machine in my house. Like, why didn't you do like an espresso, like, you know, video or whatever it may be. And, and it's like, I, you know, everyone's doing that right now. So I guess I've, I've kind of changed my thought process and I'm going to continue to do yeah. research and make sure that I, I contribute to the SEA and uh, try to make that curriculum really awesome. Um, but I also, you know, I like talking to kids and uh, I've been doing a Tuesday and Thursday uh, geography kind of talk where I love I've, that. I've been fortunate enough to go to a lot of different places. And so like I've collected a flag from each one of those places and it's hung up in my basement and I sit on like a director chair and I talk about countries and I talk about some, some facts about the people and about the history. And then I talk about some things that are really personal to me, like, you know, people that I find to be like my family in certain areas of the world or, you know, friends that I have in certain areas of the world and some, some, uh, I guess challenges for those people. Cause I think that, I think that travel, you know, again, I'm super privileged to, to have traveled to all these places, but travel has, has allowed me to empathize and has, has, has grown my empathy. And I think that conveying that in a really passionate way can, can make that infectious, which I think everyone just needs to have a little bit of dose of empathy uh, nowadays. Yes, 100% agree. <laughs> so that's what I'm, I'm trying to pass my time by doing stuff that's a little bit outside the realm of teaching coffee professionals about palpe or about um, different chemical reactions within coffee or <laughs> whatever it may be. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm going a little less technical and a, a little bit more rudimentary just to, cause I think that's what we're, we're really lacking like right now in the coffee world. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something, uh, honestly, I have to attribute this to Joe cap, but learning that at the end of the day, like, you know, as nerdy as we can get about coffee, like it's all about like the customer service, the community aspects. And 
I think it's really kind of cool that now, like, you know, everyone keeps talking about what the fourth wave of coffee is, which I feel like I should ask what your opinions are on that. (laughs) Uh, And I mean, in my mind, I think of it as like, you know, customer first, like kind of almost coming full circle. You know, we had like Starbucks brought coffee to everyone. And then the third wave of coffee was like, okay, now we got to like make it really good. And then I feel like we kind of went too far down that rabbit hole. And now it's like coming full circle and people are like, oh, the reason I love going somewhere is because the people are amazing and I get to, you know, hang out with my friends. Yeah. I Um, think, I think that that's been, you know, that's always been a problem with third wave is like the approachability, like, you know, is, is, are you going to get ostracized for not knowing what a, cortadito is or cortado is or whatever it may be like and that's i mean me too i can i can actually uh talk specifically about joe cat being kind of a pusher of this you know this idea that the customer you just need to be really good to the customer and you need to be empathetic to the customer and i think that's yeah that's that is fourth wave that's got to be fourth wave. I mean, I dude, I, there's no hope if that's not fourth wave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I, I, uh, I think that we're going to have to be really adaptive and a coffee house has always been a place to congregate and, you know, they used to be called penny universities, right? Because that's where yeah. great, great ideas were, were shared. And I think with, with the current status of, I guess the world, I, I'm kind of like every day my opinion kind of changes. Like, what is this really going to look like? Is everyone going to have a drive through now? Like, yeah, because th- those are the only two cafes that we have open are the two cafes that have drive throughs and for good reason. And yeah, so it's like, that makes I, sense. I'm, I'm curious, like what that, what that all is going to do. And, um, I think more and more people are delivering things and we'll, we'll see, but, who knows if you would have asked me two months ago what the fourth wave of coffee is, I would have thought uh, a more personalized, um, accommodating coffee shop where you, you go in and it's almost like a wine bar or um, a, a specialty cocktail bar where you tell them the flavor notes that you enjoy and they're able to accommodate. But now, yeah. I, I don't know. I think, I think that it's, it's less about the product and it's more about the interaction. Definitely. I love that. Um, I was like so caught up in what you were saying. I like lost my train of thought for a second. (laughs) Um, I think that's pretty amazing. And, you know, creating this like empathy for people. Um, What is, what's like something that you wish like more people knew about Um, just kind of like the coffee growing process or, like, cause I mean, coming from the coffee world, I know a little bit about like farmer relationships, that sort of thing. But like, I feel like trying to convey that in like a very transparent way to a customer. Um, I know for me has sometimes been difficult because it's like on my, like my side of things, I see like, you know, oh, we want baristas to be paid more or whatever, but like no one's pushing that all the way back to like, no, we need to pay the coffee farmers more and kind of move this up the chain. Right. Well, so man, it's, 
it's a hard, again, empathy is, is, is kind of a hard thing to, to convey. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I've thought about this a ton because like it, and this isn't like an ego trip for me or anything, but when I talk about farmer relationships, like when I, when I talk about the process of getting the cherry to the finished form into the cup, like yeah. I go, I go through the process and I'm really animated when I do it in front of a large crowd. Like I'm, I'm very animated when I do it. And I yes. think that that, that exaggerates somewhat like the, the amount of energy that's expelled to do that. And I, I I'll, I'll always do it the same way because the reactions that I get, like I I've seen people like tear up and I mean, prime example for this is like, uh, I, I'm a guest lecturer for a few classes at OSU and, uh, OU. And I just did one. I did my first online class, um, about 10 days ago and it's a sustainability in the supply chain class. And it's one of my favorite classes cause it's a, it's a junior senior class. So they're really, yeah. they're in it. They want to know about sustainability yeah. and I go through a process and, uh, I got this message, uh, from one of the male students and he's like, Hey man, I just want to let you know that throughout the entirety of that hour that you spoke, I think I had goosebumps about 75% of the time. And, Holy cow. and the thing is, is like, if, if, if I can get a captive audience, if, if it, I'm so damn passionate about the people behind the product and the process behind the product and the amount of energy that's expelled behind the product, that if, if there's some way to get a captive audience, if I could understand how to actually get in front of everyone. And I think that's actually what motivates me to be ambitious like, yeah. be- because I want to get a platform, I want to stand in front of, you know, a million people and scream it from a mountaintop that we're not just drinking commodity in the cup. This is, this is people's yeah. livelihood. This is like, this is so much work and people don't get paid shit for the work that they're doing. Like, you know, yeah. like, and I, I think that, um, it's just, it's a hard thing to convey unless I'm face to face with someone or unless I'm, you know, you know, on a, a broadcast or whatever it may be. And I, I, I really want a marketing specialist to kind of like, tell me, Hey, this is what you need to do to get that message out. Because like, you know, I'm willing to spend my personal money on getting that message out because I, I just, I want, I want to make the largest, the biggest effect that I possibly can on the largest amount of people with the least amount of opportunity. And that's the thing is like yeah. most, most of the things that you see out there, like fair trade or, or rainforest Alliance, or, you know, a lot of these programs to help farmers like blockchain technology, like a lot of this stuff yeah. that doesn't help the most impoverished farmers, the most impoverished farmers aren't growing that much coffee but they, yeah. they can't grow that much coffee because they don't have enough money to grow more coffee and they don't have enough money to participate in a lot of these programs. And so it's like, uh, man, if, if I could just pick up some of these farmers and just bring them to the United States and say, tell your story, like show people or tell people what it's like to be in your shoes. I think that that, yeah. that, that could be super impactful, but that's not realistic, you know? So I think that I'm, yeah. it's that the ever long quest to, to figure out how to actually 
convey that message. I, I don't have the greatest answer for that, but I, I do like to share my travels. And if someone knows who I am and that I'm, I'm innocent at heart and that I'm not trying to like boast that I've been to Kenya or Tanzania or wherever it may be, like, I think that if people see through their own ego and they just listen to the message, like, I think that that that's a, a good way to, to foster empathy. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm glad you touched on like the, the fair trade and rainforest Alliance and all that, because that's something that really got me whenever I found out that like most of those, you know, operations, like they do some good, but like at the end of the day, like the farmers are still, you know, barely scraping by. Um, yeah, that's amazing. We yeah. should definitely, <laughs> we should definitely talk offline about this. Cause I yes. think like being able to tell those stories, like that's like, that's what I love to do. And that's exactly why I started this podcast. Cause I think like being able to get out there and tell human to human stories is going to be the way that we're going to impact, you know, over the next several years. Um, cause we've, we've all been marketed to, and yeah. we've all, you know, heard all the big stories, but I think getting to connect with like another human being, it will open up those pathways to be more empathetic. Um, and yeah, I think that'd be pretty exciting. It's huge for sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, honestly, I like 20 minutes is about where I'm like hitting for podcast episodes. So I thank you so much for coming on and, being a part of this. No, man. I look forward to, uh, more conversations in the future. Nah, keep being creative, man. Like your, your stuff inspires me to, to try to do more creative things. So you, you keep doing what you're doing. Cause I think that it will, uh, it'll motivate some other people to try some new things. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Cool. Awesome, man. Sweet. I really appreciate it. Thank you for everyone tuning into the show. I really appreciate you listening to this episode. Uh, Feel free to hit me up on social media at Brandon Goodyear. If you have any guests you would like to hear me interview, uh, always open and excited to chat with people. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for listening.